So let's just work it out. Mm -hmm. But. Oh, God, John. No, you don't want to go down this line, John. You, but? No. But? But. to another episode of 1980s <laughs> Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. Hey, my name's Will, and joining me as always are my friends, Kat and John. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. And don't forget to check out John on his yeah. own podcast, Gen X Grown Up mm. Podcast, mm. YouTube channel, other things. Empire. A cool Rubik's <laughs> Cube holder that I have. Ooh. Whatever keeps us busy. <laughs> I yes. have one of those too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, on today's show, we're going to be chatting about some of the hits from hit 1980s songs that it's a mix of songs that were scandalous. And mm. okay. uh, what we're going to wonder is whether they would fly today or not. And some of them, quite frankly, mm -hmm. I want to know how we were able to get them on the radio back then. <laughs> or try to imagine like what our parents would think. Because uh -huh. uh, gratefully, in a sense, I don't listen to the radio now, so it's tightly controlled what we listen to, you know, my, my I, my, right. my youngest is a teenager, so I don't worry about what she's going to hear anymore, really. But mm -hmm. back then, I don't know, some of these songs we're going to we're listen to later. It's like, oh, my, my parents concerned when this came out. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're assuming that our parents listened to it. Yeah, right. They're, they were paying or, or attention. Even if, if they heard it again, yeah. hearing versus listening, they may have heard you playing well, it, yeah. but may not have listened with a critical ear to go. Oh, is that what they're saying? <gasps> yeah, maybe they were all like me. They're just hearing the music and not listening to the words. Not, not all the details. The lyrics, Can't remember right? all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Although it was the 1980s. And now I'm remembering, of mm -hmm. course, and sometimes I ha I'm remembering things from the perspective that I have today. And I, it's really me mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. the parent, mm -hmm. you know, 40 years ago. Yeah, but if I think about my parents, my actual parents, these were the same people who, you know, as it came to have the conversation, just handed me was essentially like an adult film and said, yeah, you'll figure it out. I mean, literally, you oh. can watch this if you want. It was <laughs> like that. you. You got a film? Yeah, oh, and I was like, you're so lucky. I was like, oh wow. my God, people aren't supposed to do that. Oh. Eject. Yeah, it was that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> was it called Tab A into Slot B? Was that the name of it? it was like, huh. maybe, is, it a, is it an Ikea film? <laughs> I'm going to say this, and this is a true story. Maybe we should have to have an episode dedicated entirely to this. Hmm. I was confused about the female biology for a while. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Until I had some like diagrams and science books. I was like, okay, <laughs> now I get it. I don't understand what that was, that picture I saw. There's so many parts. Yeah. Mm, mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Emotionally and otherwise, yes. Yes. Hey, uh, 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 before we uh, talk to uh, talk about that, however, uh, we're going to get uh, caught up on current news items that are related to 1980s media, including, mm. yeah, this is just, some of these stories are just so off the wall, like <laughs> Jan Winner uh, gets, I guess we'll say Jan Winner gets canceled, including from the Rock right. and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Duran yeah. Duran's got a new um, album coming out just in time for Halloween. Uh, mm -hmm. Speaking of, speaking of canceled, the canceled Madonna commercials finally aired. And ah. Toto, hmm, let's say, Steve mm. Lukather, the uh, guitarist from Toto, didn't like how the band was pigeonholed, we'll say. 
Mm. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, yes. That's, like a that. that's, careful that's a careful way to say nearly sanitized version of that headline. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I felt weird even writing it. So I sanitized it when I typed it in the- I saw that. Yes. On our car. I yeah. was like, does that say party? Yeah. <laughs> party? That's what you think I bleeped out? <laughs> Who, who wants to be a party band? That's garbage. Huh. And they may not want to be, but I wouldn't block the word out. I wouldn't redact right. it. Right. Would you bleep the word party, Will? No, I would not. You know what's funny is I typed the word in and I thought, mm -hmm. this seems like uh, it would be an assault if you weren't expecting to see, to see right. upsetting, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. So I just blocked it out. You guys know what it that's is. Like, that's like every fifth time I swipe on TikTok. I'm like, mm -hmm. whoa. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Yeah, but now I am. All right, give me more of those. TikTok. I mean, right. Swipe back. I'm going to get my pause game going. Uh, but hey, before we do any of that, a brief Facts. announcement. So look, last week we, we talked about my book for an episode. Now I want to tweak yes. this. So we 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 made it clear that every other week through the end of the year, we're going to mm. still talk about the 1980s, but somehow for two reasons, it's going to be tangentially related to something that's going on in my book. And the main reason, because it, gives me more free time to work on the book. But if I'm working on something, I can, we can just talk about it. Uh, right but what on. I realize is, and, and uh, is that uh, what I would like to do though, is bring the news back. So if you guys are open to it, let's do some news. Cause there's uh -oh. what one episode in and now the special episodes designed to give you more free time no, or slowly no, no, creeping no, back look, to full look. episodes. It's just the news. That's not really anything. I'm just that's grabbing right. news stories. That's all right. Okay. I'm, I'm still going to keep you on your, uh, I'm keeping the I, Gantt hey, chart updated. So whatever. We can go Don't on and on and on. We can spend a lot of time on the news and that just gives you more to have to edit. So. Oh, we're not editing anymore. That's oh, that's, no that's, oh. that's the other oh, okay. announcement. Ding. No more editing. <laughs> other announcement. <laughs> all right. Hey, let's get caught up on 1980s news and not edit any of it. <laughs> I'm going to warn you because it's not going to be edited. Uh, you're going to hear some things. Oh, <laughs> including that word. Like, yeah. Like party. Party. <laughs> hey, uh, this week on 1980s News, and as reported by Ultimate Classic Rock, Jan Winner, the founder of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Rolling Stone, of course, years before that, is uh, coming under fire for his head-turning remarks in a recent interview. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, Winner was uh, in a conversation with the New York Times to promote his new book, Masters, and was asked why no female or black artists were featured, even though it's, his book boasts about interviews with, quote, extraordinary musicians who dominated rock and roll. Huh. Mm -hmm. That would be odd, statistically speaking, especially mm -hmm. when the Rock Hall of Fame is a very diverse, uh, you know, fairly diverse. Very. I mean, we talked about once is a question of whether it's sexist or not, because. Okay. Well, yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Right. It seems like mm -hmm. they're fixing it as far mm -hmm. as that, but. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, you would see, think that his book might be, you know, a little more uh, uh, less homogenous. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, anyway, nice. he had, Winner, Winner had an expl explanation saying that the people had to meet a couple of criteria and quote, insofar as the women, just none of them was were as articulate enough on this intellectual level, end quote. Wow. And you would think, hmm. uh, you know, they, they gave him a, ch a chance to get out of this. And instead of backing, <laughs> you know, just backing right up, he doubled down saying, quote, it's not that they're not creative geniuses. It's not that they're inarticulate. Although now I'm going to have, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm going to add the inflection based on what I understand his meaning to be. Mm -hmm. This is just text, but I think this is what he meant. Okay. It's not that they're inarticulate, although go have a deep conversation with Grace Slick or Janice Chopper, please. <laughs> Be my guest. 
Oh my gosh. I, I don't think he was saying it sincerely. Like, oh no, no, pl- please go have a conversation with uh, Janis mm-hmm. Joplin or Grace yeah. No, no, no. I dare you. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it was really is what it was. You're the Socrates and Plato of uh, rock and roll. <laughs> Uh, regarding yeah. black artists, he said, uh, quote, you know, Stevie Wonder, genius, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that was the right tone. What, what, what does that mean? It's what? the gist. Wow. Uh, he continued saying, uh, quote, maybe Marvin Gaye or Curtis Mayfield. I mean, they just didn't articulate at that level. You know, just for oh. public relations sake, maybe I should have gone and found one black and one woman artist to include here that didn't measure up to the same historical standard just to avert this kind of criticism, but I don't give a shit or whatever. Clearly not. I think we can remove <laughs> Torical. It's his standard and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. He should have called it my favorites. And I'm a racist and a sexist. <laughs> <This> book. <laughs> Asterisk. Right. Uh, in 1983, winner and a team of veteran record executives founded the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation. The organization mm-hmm. began inducting artists three years later. And in 1995, the museum officially opened in Cleveland. Uh, mm-hmm. so like I mentioned, uh, you know, he came under some fire for these remarks, uh, following the comments when it was removed from the hall of fame's board of directors, wow. the Montclair yeah. literary festival canceled his planned September 28th appearance at which was, he was to promote the book mm-hmm. on the platform, uh, formerly known as Twitter, Gogo's bassist, Kathy Valentine declared winner, a quote, vapid, self-important, self-appointed arbiter of what is deserving of attention in rock End quote. It sounds like she's speaking from more experience than just knowing about this. That That's a really, mm. <laughs> that's a very loaded mm. comment. Well, the <laughs> you know, a lot of detail. The Gogos are made in me... there now, aren't they, or no? Mm. Mm. 2021. When Is when they were inducted. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. And as of recording the book, gratefully, in spite of Amazon characterizing it as a, quote, bestseller, sits at number 10,807. Right, it's some list. Too bad he's not articulate enough <laughs> to... Be a bestseller. <laughs> to write a better book. Yeah. Hey, another 1980s news. Just two years after the release of their last album, Future Past, Duran Duran has released two new singles from their forthcoming LP. How do you say this, cat? Dance? Dance? Dance. Dance macabre. Macabre. In the song, he says macabre, but macabre he does. is also. Macabre. Uh, yeah. But even the French would they'd barely say that, right? Be like macabre. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly how they would. Right. You, you have to say it as if you're holding <laughs> back a belch right at the end. Dallas McCrum. Dallas McCrum. Wait a minute. This is bordering on puking right now. <laughs> I like that. That's a good note, John. Yeah. Yes. The new hauntingly titled album will be available this Halloween. Is no accident. The record was inspired by the band's All Hallows Eve concert last October, which we talked mm-hmm. about uh, some yeah. time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, we were like, what? What do you? What would it? And the, and the, the songs. I know the songs that they did for this album. I think were like. Yeah. It reminded me of the class Halloween parties my kids would have in elementary school that I would DJ. You know, Let's play Time Warp, play uh, Purple People Eater, play uh, what else? Uh, Monster Mash. They did what covers like of those. That they yeah. didn't. Yeah. Those. I don't no. remember which ones they were, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, per a press release, it's the, quote, soundtrack to their ultimate Halloween party. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it contains yep, yep, three yep. new compositions, including the first release, plus reworked songs and covers of songs by Billie Eilish, Talking Heads, The Rolling Stones, Susie and the Banshees, and more. Mm-hmm. According to the keyboardist, uh, Nick Rhodes, the most important member of the band. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's the controller. <laughs> he is pretty awesome. You're saying that because you're the, you're the controller here. <laughs> he said, uh, quote, the record metamorphosed through a pure organic process and was made faster than anything since our debut album. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a really mm-hmm. uh, nice way of saying we rushed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's covers of Halloween music. Yeah. The children's Halloween party music. <gasps> Plus and three For Clarity Cat, yeah. are you saying they don't cover Monster Mash? Because, yeah. I mean. They, it would be fun if they did, but I'm sorry. They did do, not cover Monster Do they Monster even Mash. Halloween? Seriously? Hmm. You have a point. <laughs> Let's see. The songs on it are Bury a Friend, Supernature, Night Boat. I don't know which the original ones are here, Cat. Nightbow uh, is one of their original songs. Love Voodoo? Yes, that's one of theirs. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, Ghost Town, Painted Black, of course. That's Rolling Stones, yeah. Uh, oh, I see. Bury a Friend is a Billie Eilish song. Oh, okay. Is okay, the Billie Eilish. Uh, mm-hmm. Super Lonely Freak. Oh, that. <laughs> Which they credit to Rick James, so what did they do there? I can tell you about that because <laughs> I got to witness it uh, yeah. in Philly oh, a couple weeks right. ago. They do a... Uh, well, kind of a, not exactly a mashup, but they, they go from one into the other, uh, their original song of lonely in your nightmare. Mm-hmm. They, they just smoothly go right into super freak by Rick James. It's yeah. astonishing because lonely in your nightmare is such, it's so different. It just has such a different tone and feel than super freak. It's really surprising when it happens. Mm. And what's the Halloween angle on Super Freak exactly? You know what? I have to, during the concert, they had, I'm pretty sure it was for that song, a creepy baby head singing along, like projected behind them. It was really weird. (laughs) This creepy doll's head singing along. Yes. Let's play a game. (laughs) Under each of your seats is a razor blade. I'm going to blow up the whole theater if you don't find the key to this box. Is somebody going to come to my house and project a baby head on my wall so I could get the Halloween aspect of Super Free? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure unless, unless you, yeah, unless you change yeah. the lyrics, you know. He's a very freaky lycanthrope. The kind you don't go out in full moon. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just, yeah, they, they're just having fun with. Uh, well, yeah. you know the word, because I'll say this too about, uh, you know, the Houdini song, The Freaks Come Out at Night, mm-hmm. which is not about yeah. monsters, by the way. Right, right. right. That's a Halloween song. It's, it's about freaks. It's about, and it's on, it's on Halloween playlists, including those for children. Because again, when I DJ these parties or, you know, put a playlist together, I would just search the internet and this was so kids' that, Halloween music. So for Halloween music, we just repurpose slang for the most innocuous version of the slang. Oh, when I said freak, I meant like monster freaks, you know. The kids think that. When Ice-T puts out his Halloween album and talks about all the freaks he's hanging out with. (laughs) It's just a haunted house. Really? Right. If only no, we could uh, somehow use the word ho. It's the way you say it. You go, ho. Oh, there you go. It's, okay. it's a ghost call. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. NWA at the next sixth grade Halloween party. Ho. Better have my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first track uh, released in early September was the uh, titular one, a Danse Macabre. Uh, translating to dance of death, consequence of sound described it as having a pulsing dance rhythm and spooky ooky vibes while wailing synth lines escape like souls from a lake of purgatory. Whoa. <laughs> wow. What a description. It's kind of like that, actually. And Black Moonlight is the second of the three original tracks the band have created for their upcoming Halloween-inspired, mostly covers, album. <laughs> 
the track sees them reunite with legendary Nile Rogers. Yes. Who's their longtime friend and frequent collaborator and tour tour mate. I thought you called them freaky collaborators. Freaky members. Freaky <laughs> what am I even saying? <laughs> very freaky collaborator. Of course, the Chic co-founder previously produced Duran Duran's 1986 LP, Notorious. Yeah. What else did he do? He did other things nope, for that. Nope, nope. He did um, the reflex. He made the reflex he made, great. He, made he it awesome went from music. okay to great. Yeah. So any song where you stutter, was he was responsible no. for. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Does he stutter? Flip, flip, flip. No. Oh. No, 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 no. I know, but I thought maybe you were on to something, John. No, no. I thought maybe you were really on to something. Was just, it was a misunderstanding. He, you thought that was the way yeah, he's composing yeah. it. And really, it's just a, it's a verbal tick. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's so funny because he also did a song with them in the, the aughts or somewhere, Pressure Off. Mm-hmm. And there's a part that goes, Oh, 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 oh. See? <laughs> See? Wow. So the Halloween album, it'll be super free, 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 free. <laughs> something wrong with your CD, dude. It's, I'm streaming. What are you? It's the internet. <laughs> and very excited, uh, very exciting news also is that former Duran Duran guitarist Andy Taylor is featured on one yes. track. Uh, he recently, mm-hmm. by the way, just as an aside, he recently re- revealed that the reason he quit Duran Duran was due to creative reasons and mm-hmm. it was not personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we've been following uh, yeah. Andy's uh, journey because uh, nearly five years ago, he was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer. And gratefully, he right. is still with us. Yeah. Uh, according to uh, Taylor, he said uh, in August that a nuclear cancer medicine had effectively extended his life for five years. Nice. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. can uh, have it again in another five years. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. will be available October 27th. <laughs> Excuse me. I can't wait to hear this episode of that section. I'm not adding any vomiting or belching noises. John no. provided it all already. It's it's just perfect. Yes. Uh, as reported by CBS News, it canceled Madonna commercials finally been aired. So we're going to be talking about controversial songs uh, from the 1980s. And this mm-hmm. r- involves mm-hmm. one, uh, although we're not going to talk about it later. In 1989, Madonna started on a Pepsi commercial that never saw the light of day until now. Uh, that's because the commercial was to premiere... Sometime after her Like a Prayer music video came out. And as a result Mm -hmm. of the video being scandalous, Pepsi canceled the commercial. Ah, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, because the commercial features her singing the song while holding a Pepsi, essentially. Yeah. I misunderstood the tweet. I read it and I watched it and I'm like, she describes the things that someone found unsavory Mm -hmm. and that she would not change. And I'm watching the video. I'm like, I don't see any of this. I'm looking for anything that's at all scandalous. And I'm like, oh, it's the Mm -hmm. association with the content in the video that she is now singing the lyrics to. Right. Yeah, it wasn't the video itself. Mm -hmm. The link up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The video, the music video for the single featured actor Leon Robinson, who is a black man and Mm -hmm. and not in Jan Wenner's book. Oh, right. <laughs> Playing a saint-like figure in a church. Mm-hmm. So you had a person of color portraying, they say saint-like. I mean, at the time, I thought the hullabaloo was, they were saying, they're trying to make it that this man of color is Jesus, and we won't have that. Right. Even if he really was. <laughs> we don't care if Jesus was brown-skinned man. Can't be having any color. Yep. Uh, at the time, Madonna said, quote, I am aware that the Vatican and certain communities are accusing my show of being sinful and blasphemous. They are trying to keep people from seeing it. I mm. think I'm offending certain groups, but I think the people who really understand what I'm doing aren't offended by it, end quote. Mm-hmm. Now, offhand, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, what was she doing with it? 
<laughs> she's trying to piss people off. I mean, is that that's part of her brand, right? Is to yeah. shock. Could be. Yeah. Well, you know, and and two, you can determine whether or not you're going in the right direction by which people are upset by what you're doing. Mm. So mm-hmm. maybe it was good information who was upset with her. So. Uh, during <laughs> the uh, backlash, uh, John Tesh of Entertainment Tonight said, it may go down as one of the most expensive advertising blunders ever. Oh. Of course, look, you got Madonna in the ad. That costs something, I'm sure. Producing it, mm-hmm. all this stuff cost yeah. money. Yep. Probably paying mm-hmm. for the rights to have that clip of the, the song in there. Mm-hmm. And they never did it. Well, this, the, uh, despite the backlash, of course, Madonna continued to push the envelope. And Mm -hmm. Pepsi continued to feature stars in its ads. Well, the brand celebrating its 125th anniversary has been sharing those star-studded commercials on social media, Mm -hmm. including spots with Tina Turner, Ray Charles, Robert Palmer, Britney Spears, and now Madonna. The Mm -hmm. never-before-seen ad was shared by the pop star and Pepsi on Instagram. And again, like you see, you see her singing the song like a prayer clip from it. There's a neon Mm -hmm. Pepsi sign in a store. Yeah on the street there or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. I don't know. Is it 30 well, seconds even? And like in it's the, short. in the commercial, she's watching the video in an armchair yes. also approvingly going, yeah, good song. Well, no oh, doy. Yeah. It's your song, but yes. I, yeah. I thought that was funny too. Yeah. It was, she's like, like, what an interesting performance. Yeah. It's yours, Madonna. Of course you like it. <laughs> I approve this commercial. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Performance. Based on everything we, 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 we know, I think, she didn't know what the the, the stir the video was going to cause. Truly, right. maybe she sure. suspected it. Yeah. I wonder if that was some sort of meta commentary. If she thought, oh, this video is going to come out. It's going to freak some people out. Uh, and then the commercial come out and I'll be saying, oh, that's an interesting song. I, I don't know if Madonna's really that articulate. Yeah. <laughs> that was sarcasm. I have to say, when I saw her sitting in the chair, you know, sort clear. of enjoying watching the video, though, I thought that's probably how I look when I listen to us. <laughs> when I listen to a new episode, well, that, I'm like, that was a good comment by that woman on that show, uh, 80s podcast. <laughs> no, not me. I like her. How She's me? clever. How clever she is. You She's guys. my favorite. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> not me. <laughs> hey, another 1980s news. Steve, Luca Third doesn't like how Toto was pigeonholed. All right, we'll get to the actual <laughs> word. Uh, to, to, Toto guitarist and co-founder Steve Luca Third is not fond of the way the b- band was ultimately. <laughs> He's not fond of his pigeon? <laughs> what? <laughs> No, ooh, ask if the ooh. word was pigeon. It's not party. Oh, it's is it not pigeon? Oh, pigeon, yes. We know it starts with a P. I'm just trying to, trying to figure out what it is. Not pickle. Uh, during an appearance on the J.J. French Connection podcast, hosted by Twisted Sisters' J.J. French, Lukather looked at, back at his long career. When the subject of Toto's breakthrough single, Hold the Line, came up, French noted how heavy the song sounded. Mm. Okay. Mm. I'd hope to pull a clip of that song. I forgot, though. You know, it's hold the line, <laughs> down, 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 down. The love is the battle on time. time. <laughs> down, 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 down. That's perfect. I'll work in the real song. I'll, I'll cut this out, John. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll work in the, put in the real song. <laughs> wait, wait, no editing. You said no editing. Oh, that's right. right. Oh, hold yeah. the line became a top it. five hit for the for Toto in 1978. 78. Yeah, they did look rather 70s. I watched the video. The video yeah. <laughs> they were looking. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying in the video the band looked like it was the 70s, oh, or were, the yeah. band members now look like they're in their 70s? 70s Which now. thing are you saying, <laughs> or are you saying both? I, <laughs> probably both are true. But okay. they yeah. in the video they looked late 70s. I see. Uh, style. Mm. Well, at the time, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Lukather said that we wanted to come out rocking. We were a rock band. But oh. then the label started putting 
out all the ballads and everything, and they put us in the pussy band category. Whoa! Uh, not pigeon. Got it. Not I pigeon. Not say, parrot. Like, uh, not party. We know what the implication is, that it was kind of a, mm-hmm. I guess more like soft rock, right? Is the idea. Right. Yeah. They weren't right. a hard rocking right. band. And I'll be honest, I thought of them that way too. But for this article, even drawing the connection between, you know, mm-hmm. or, or remembering that among Toto's catalog is hold line and, and stuff yeah. other than uh, Africa. Right. And right. Rosanna. And Rosanna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny because like he says, the label put him in that and they started pulling out the ballads, but he and uh, Dave Page, they, they wrote the songs. Like they, they wrote them. They wrote so, these hit songs. So well, we don't want those on the radio though. Those are yeah. the, that's just, just for us. Super fans. We're no parrot band. Well, Toto's self-titled <laughs> debut album scored multi <laughs> platinum status, launching the band as a top tier act, but their follow-up albums failed to match that commercial success. But then Toto came roaring back in 1984. And that's, I think, when most of us Gen Xers really started to, you know, be big fans of Toto mm-hmm. with yes. their Toto yes. 4 LP because it included hits like Rosanna in Africa, those two songs I just mentioned. Uh, <laughs> now, while Lukather believed Rosanna was album, the album's quote, golden carrot, he thought <laughs> Africa, which has since become an, I mean, it's just, you know, you hear it all the time. It's been used in so many mm-hmm. films, yeah. et cetera. He thought it was yeah. a quote, weird little tune. <laughs> At the time, he, he said, when the yeah. lyrics came in, I started laughing. I go to Dave. I bless the rains in Africa. Are you serious? <laughs> We're from North Hollywood. <laughs> That's funny. A golden carrot? What? what? What's that all about? I guess, you know, sort of a carrot, a carrot and a stick, that sort mm-hmm. of metaphor. Okay. But it's to lure people along. <laughs> right. Point of trivia. Right. Before the advent of like when it would just say the name of the band and the artist mm-hmm. and the and the song on your radio, yeah, I forever thought that uh, "Hold the Line" was actually called "Borderline." Borderline, oh, nice. Dong, yeah. dong, dong, it dong. works. Love is. It would work. It works. Borderline. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you know, Bobby Kimball sang the Rosanna sang. Well, Rosanna, I think, is the one they switched. Actually, midway through the song, they switched from one singer to another. Mm. And they change mm. key. It's kind of neat. I think it's Rosanna, but mm. Africa was Bobby mm-hmm. Kimball. A lot of the songs, he, he was the lead singer through 1984. After that, do you recall who took over for Toto? Who took over for Toto? Yes, the whole band. There was one guy who did a one-man band thing. <laughs> one guy did it all. No, he took over for Kimball. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the lead Oh, it was Joe Williams. All right, never mind. No, I don't Joe know. Joe Williams. You remember who's, okay. who his famous dad is? Um, no? Composer John Williams. Yes, his son, <gasps> Joe Williams. Oh my gosh. Was the lead singer of Toto uh, starting in 1986. That was in my head. And yeah. it fell out. Mm. And wow. Joe Williams composed for movies and included, including among those, worked with his dad. He wrote uh. the song uh, for the Max Rebo band uh, from Return of the Jedi, the uh, Lopty mm-hmm. Neck song that we talked about that yes. has been replaced. And he also wrote the the other song that was replaced from Return of the Jedi, the Ewok, Nub Nub, Nub Nub, the Nub Nub. Yeah, <laughs> so both nub, his nub, songs got replaced? Yes, right? That's so Dick sad. Move. Man. Did he have a falling out with his dad? And when his dad was selecting mm-hmm. songs to replace, he's like, just get rid of all my songs. I can't so. imagine his <laughs> father was involved in like, I we should replace this. No. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I think, he, I think he, he wrote the new songs that replaced them, but I don't know. He wasn't his oh. idea. So I was just trying to wake, make it a whimsical speaking, scenario. Speaking of that, I got a final, <laughs> a final news story that I've added last minute here for you guys. Oh, oh good. Just came Ooh. in hot off the press. <gasps> Surprise. Speaking there of Joe is. Williams and changes to Return of the Jedi, 
as reported on boingboing.com and and other places, Mm -hmm. Disney quietly removes jizz from Star Wars. Wait, what? That's that's too bad. Can you say more about this, please? No. (laughs) (laughs) And that was 1980s. They don't have to ask you what you're what you're implying, and so I really need more information well, here. Here's the name of a character, Jizz Fortuna or somebody. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just heard it. Jizz Fortuna. Takes time for sound to get all the way to where uh, it So a book came out called A Certain Point of View, Return of the Jedi. It's a, it's a new short story collection celebrating the 40th anniversary of the film. Just published in August. It's, it book features an incredible lineup of authors, including uh, Saladin Ahmed, I'm going to say, Mike Chen, Alyssa Wong, all contributing in continuity stories that retell key moments of Jedi from the perspectives of different characters in the film. I, okay, it took me a full 30 seconds after <laughs> Will cracked up to just, get that. Okay. Now I'm taking a full step back because remember when Will was concerned yeah. that. Well, we don't want to just like sideswipe you with a, a word that you're not prepared for. Yeah. So we're going to call it pickle and party. We're going to yeah. call it parrot jizz. Whoa. whoa. Just, I, I don't even know why you guys are upset about this. What's jizz? I'm not upset. Is that I'm, upset? It's, is jizz a bad I'm, word? I'm just reporting the news. It's a curiosity. I'll say what John said a couple weeks ago. And whatever you're thinking is in your head. I didn't put it there. I'm just reporting the news. This That's is right. literally a headline that I read online. That's yeah. Now, one just of the, because that's the definition of the word, there's no rational reason I should think it. One of the stories in this book was by Star Wars creative art manager Phil. Let's say Zostak. It focuses mm, sure. uh, focuses on the character of Max Rebo, who we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the blue skin leader of the band who plays like the mm-hmm. funky keyboard. Yes, uh, in Jabba's, mm, yeah. Jabba's palace. According now, by the way, when you said Jizz Fortuna, what the delay and what ultimately happened was? Do you remember in, in Mel Brooks's Spaceballs, Pizza the Hut? I Mel Brooks, the Jizz Fortuna character, like almost instantly in my head of what he looked like. <laughs> and that's why I had a pause for a second there. You are welcome. But so in Max, so in the, according to the original novelization of the film, back to, in 1983, uh-huh. Rebo is known as what is, was called in the book, a Jizz Whaler. The 1995 short story collection, Tales from the Most Likely Cantina, further established that Jizz is in fact a popular style of music in, Star, in the Star Wars universe, practiced not only by the Max Rebo band, but it's also the kind of music by the infamous house band at the Cantina, in mo- okay. most likely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes, Disney did wipe out a lot of the you know stories from the canon once they uh, purchased Lucasfilm. Okay. But- <laughs> Is it the wiping of the jizz? No, I, no, I just, I'm just imagining the new scenario, that t-shirt that says, you know, the oh. max shot first. <laughs> no, oh. that is, no. We got to beat him to the punch. <laughs> we got to beat him to the punch. Quick. Um, <laughs> quick. We got to get some quick. shirts made quickly. <laughs> now, although Disney wiped out a lot of the books from the canon, uh, in, two, oh, in 2017, my. the company published a new novelization of Return of the Jedi written by Ryder Windham, which reestablished yeah. Jizz as a part of the Star Wars canon. But Jizz is conspicuously absent from the Max Rebo story oh. in this new book that I told you about. Instead, the writer describes the genre of music performed by Max Rebo's band as jazz. It's another 
Misspelling of jazz. J-A-T-Z. <laughs> Zostek <laughs> writes, quote, Jats came to be known as by many names, some less palatable than others, end quote. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Now, Jats, it turns out, was a phrase yeah. that appeared in some yeah. literature related to Star yeah. Wars uh, back in the 1990s. Bitter. Now, I, was, I went down a rabbit hole because the fact that they would... <laughs> setting him off anymore. He's doing his own thing in his head. It doesn't take much. It's now not even the Cat and John show anymore. It's just the John show. It's, it's the John foolery. It's I'm just John. listening. <laughs> so I, I went down the rabbit hole, but I was curious. So of course, you know, modern or modern vernacular, certainly our slang jizz refers to something else, which is what the, you know, our elementary mm. school level of humor is on this mm-hmm. news story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I thought, well, maybe is it possible when they wrote this story in 1983 that it wasn't a common parlance referring to, you know, what we we know it to be known as now? Yeah. And what I found out was, is that this word has been around for a long time. Okay. And it's really, this isn't going to make it better. It's really, you know, a a shortening of the word jism, Mm -hmm. which- Right. In the 19th century, was used to mean energy or spirit. Ah, uh, yes, I yes. Jism became okay. jizz, mm-hmm. and jizz and jazz were used interchangeably for this. But oh. by the 20th century, oh. I found the book. I found this uh, interview with this composer named Yubi Blake. Oh, good. Who, along with I was, Noble, I was nervous who the interview was with. Okay, go. With just Fortuna. <laughs> What did Jizz Fortuna John say? Go ahead. What did he sound like? <laughs> Do a voice. I can't imagine. We need a voice. I can't imagine. Well, if Jizz Fortuna was saying dance macabre, what would it sound like? Dance <laughs> macabre. No. <laughs> maybe, John may be forcing me to edit. Oh <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> that was his goal. You said you weren't going to edit. No. Welcome to the John Show. <laughs> and we'll be right back with Pope Francis. <laughs> it's always when there's a guest. No, no, no. I don't even know what the name of the current Pope is. All right. Um, but this interview with Yubi uh, Blake, who along with Noble Sissel, wrote the music and lyrics for the, the musical Shuffle Along back in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. They, he, he was serious about his music, this article said, uh, like his colleague Scott Joplin, they called it ragtime, this sort of music that they were using to score this musical that they wrote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and he said, and this is a story he told in 1979, well, that was that when his music made it to the way, to its way to the New York stage, it was given a racier name. So this is in the 1920s. Okay. One that Blake mm-hmm. says was derogatory. He wouldn't even say the word. He would only spell it. He said, quote, oh. when Broadway picked it up, they called it J-A-Z-Z. He says, that was dirty. And if you knew what it was, you wouldn't say it in front of the ladies. Wow. So somewhere between the late 19th century, which I mentioned jizz and jazz and jizz meant spirit or energy. It transformed Mm -hmm. into this other thing. By the early 20th century, it was already being used to be in this other. Anyway, so Star Wars has no one but themselves to blame. So now it's all out of Star Wars. Yeah. And even if they called it jazz, apparently it would have been dirty. So there you go. I guess that's the point. Okay. That is fascinating to Ooh. me. Wow. <laughs> I'm spent. Oh. Come on. John, John, that's going to go way over most people's heads. 
But we'll mine. But we'll mine. I'm with you. All right. Here. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. Hey, our independent podcast is brought to you every week by folks just like you. So if you'd like to help us out, please follow us on the podcast platform you're listening to right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share an episode on Facebook. All of these actions just take a moment and are 100% free. But if you'd like to chuck in a buck and help us keep publishing the show week after week, please visit us at 1980snow.com slash support to find out how you can send us a dollar or two. And thank you so much. It means a lot. I'm just shaking my head. Like like a catcher (laughs) in a baseball game. She's shaking off these plates. Nope, nope, uh-uh. nope. Not doing nope. that one. Nope. Nope. That's, nope. Edit that part out. Nope. <laughs> I'm right. doing my own editing right here. <laughs> I, I'm, I did not have the courage to yep. say that that explains the blue milk, but I stopped short of saying Oh, I'm that. so glad you didn't say that. Oh. I'd have no. to edit that out. Certainly not on microphone. Yes. No, no I'm no, not going to say never, it. Never, never. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of uh, controversial things, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about some scandalous, quote, controversial songs from the 1980s. And it's a mixed bag here mm-hmm. because quite honestly, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, all of these are hit songs. So wow. we're not talking about songs that didn't make it to the radio. No, these songs charted. And mm-hmm. at the time they weren't thought huh. of controversial. And what, what my, mm-hmm. I guess what the thing we're talking about now is whether you'd hear them, could hear them on the radio today. And there's lots of different reasons why or we may or may not. And mm-hmm. again, like I mentioned, I'm just amazed that some of these made it on the radio back in the 1980s. So curious. I'm also wondering if any of them are the, like from the filthy 15 or any of that. Uh, No, they're not. All that. No, not even that. Mm. Okay. All right. I specifically uh, left those off. Okay. Mm -hmm. And these are like, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to get to them, like billboard hits, the songs likely that we all would have heard. Oh my gosh. Yes. Every single one. Okay. All right. right. Okay. Cool. All right. Mm -hmm. Part of this was inspired by the fact that recently I came across this clip from 20, uh, 2019 where Lady Gaga was explaining how when Poker Face was first released, only one radio station realized that she was saying something obscene in it. Oh. And as a result, then they were forced to you know create a uh, an edited, a censored version. Okay. But uh, I feel uncomfortable even saying this. But essentially, <clears throat> gosh, and then I'm going to be reaching out to people to be guests on the show, you know, upcoming. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to be part of this? You'll ask them. Among them are people that <laughs> they would definitely say no, I think. Oh, uh, what are you going to do? Got to be yourselves. Um, uh, but, yes, um, yes. So I, heard, I saw this piece recently that Lady Gaga admitted that Kiss FM, I'm not sure which Kiss FM, I'm sure it's a national thing. We had Kiss FM in New York, of course. Yeah. But it was the only radio station to correctly censor the song because during the chorus, she replaces the poker face, poker face. And they were the first radio station to catch on. And ultimately then the you know, resulted in the song being censored. Mm-hmm. More stuttering in music. See there? I'm there you go. Gonna yes. say, there that same is. guy. Nile yeah. Rodgers. Anyway, no, okay, so Rogers here you go. Was... So let's start uh, with, with this one. Oh, and by the way, I do have a clip of uh, just Fortuna's response to that last story. They were no longer. So let's see. What should we start with one here? Okay, this I'll give you a real easy one. And again, oh. just the, the oh. fact that these are on the radio kind of mystifies me. Uh, this song from 1989. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, even today, I would be surprised if they played uh, Two Live Crews 1989, uh, Me So Horny, on the radio. Wouldn't you? I, I think I would be shocked. I would have <sighs> thought that up until the last couple of years. 
Is that right? Now it yeah. would fit in. <laughs> yeah, it would fit in yeah. now. Yeah. There's, yeah. I, I was surprised it was on the radio at all anywhere. It, in fact, I don't know if I ever heard it on the radio. Maybe oh, not on my right? radio stations. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, I had the cassette, certainly. It was on, oh. it was on my stereo. Right. It huh? wasn't on my radio, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Well, John, mm-hmm. you may, may not have heard it because at the time, in 1989, when the song came out, Broward County Prosecutor Jack Thompson prosecuted two live crew on insanity charges and persuaded yep. wow. a federal district judge to declare the album obscene, the album uh, mm-hmm. as nasty as they want to be, mm-hmm. in ju- by June of 1990. In mm-hmm. fact, yep. record store clerks who sold copies of the album were also arrested. Whoa. So you know, oh depending on where you were in the world, you might not have had access to the song. That's entrapment. Take it off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> it's like on the shelf, don't sell it or we'll arrest you. Right, Take right. it off the shelf if it's criminally prosecutable. But Wow. Yeah. I, I can't say, I'm not really super familiar with this song. I had to listen for a minute and then I heard what? a line. No, really? Really? I don't know wow. why. I, don't know okay. why. I okay. just, it's, it's not locked in. <laughs> I think I think some call it Amtrak. Not all, but some. Oh, I never looked giving, that he's up. He's just giving you stuff to Google. Oh, you didn't? I, don't, don't, don't. Right. don't get it. Google two live crew, Amtrak, no, no, you'll get there. It's all. Jizz for two. Not now. Not now. Don't do it now, Kat. We had enough obscenities on the show. Right? Not doing it right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, I remember. Look, I was a big fan of Two Live Crew. I had okay. as nasty as they want to be, and I also mm-hmm. had as clean as they want to be, depending on who I was with, so I could play oh. a cleaner version. But I had that cassette, and it was one where I, I, because I really, for, I guess probably probably the age I was. Just, I mean, the lyrics are filthy. They're absolutely filthy. Um, but I was, you know, a teenager at the time and I would drive yeah. around blasting it and then people would be near and rolling up the windows and so people gone. don't hear how I'm <laughs> back to somebody around. a little embarrassed that you're enjoying it so much. But yeah, seeing, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Are, were you kidding about Clean As They Want To Be? Was there a sanitized version? Yes. There's an entire album. It's called oh. As Clean As They Want To Be where they oh edited gosh. the lyrics. Yeah. Is it just 45 minutes of... <laughs> Yeah, no, they, they, it, it, look, and among them include this, the, the, so the version they played uh-huh. Me So Horny on the radio had different lyrics. The lyrics on the album, as nasty as they want to be, are hardcore lyrics. They're oh, very okay. graphic. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So they created these clean versions to get them played. But the, the, what shocks me is that even though they changed the lyrics for the verses, the chorus was still this sample from Full Metal Jacket of this <laughs> okay. actor saying, Me So Horny, Me Love You Long Time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember being, look, I was a teenager again, but I can't imagine yeah. parents were like, all these kids are now asking, what does it mean to be so horny? Or they're all singing it. Me so horny. Right. right. So <laughs> horny. I mean. Well, that's a double standard, right? So parents do not want to hear profanity in their music. But if yeah. you criticize that sample, then you're criticizing Full Metal Jacket, which is art. Oh. And so- <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I mean, yeah, that's from a movie. It's legitimate. Yes. It's a good thing. But this is just nasty music. You can't count that. But that's from a movie. We can leave that part in. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's a double standard yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Hmm, could be. Could well, be. Uh, in spite of or because of the song became a major hit for the group, topping the rap charts and going to number 26 on the Billboard Hot 100. So it wasn't just relegated to the rap charts <laughs> or the dance charts. Yep. And the album, as nasty as they want to be, reached number three on the rap album charts and number 29 wow. on the overall album charts. All right. Speaking of getting away with the sexy things and songs, uh, here is uh-huh. another one for us. This song came out in 1983. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love this song. I mm-hmm. listen to this song all the time, but I believe it was quite a while before it occurred to me what exactly was being Sung about, yeah. sung about, 
I I wasn't tuned into that at all initially. <laughs> yeah, I think I was in my 40s, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and no, as we've established, it's not because I'm naive or prudish. So I was listening to as nasty as they want to be. I just. So I picked uh, up on it sooner than you did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I, you know, again, as DJing, when this song came out, you know, it was what, I was like 12 years old DJing at uh, <laughs> school, school dances and stuff like that. I blasted this at Catholic school dances, you know, whenever we played it. None, and the nuns would have me turn other stuff off, <laughs> but not this song. But see, it's, it's just euphemistic enough, right? Hmm. It's, it's, it's not that the, uh, the language is not quite as graphic as so many others. Remember ev everybody wearing the big oversized t-shirts with giant Frankie says, relax, yep. and relax, don't one. do it. Yes. Those things. I yeah. Shirt. Yep. I always figured I just didn't get it. Yeah. Oh. The opposite way that Will didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I oh. remember hearing Frankie goes to Hollywood and going, that sounds like, oh, it must not be. It's on the radio. <laughs> it must be something else. I convinced <laughs> myself that I was reading into it because wow. I had a filthy mind because wow. otherwise it wouldn't be, they couldn't air it. Right. Because interesting. Right, yeah, I well, I think I did a similar thing too. It's like in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh, I think it's about that. No, no, no. You know, it's very right. similar. Couldn't possibly be. Ignored be. it. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. turns out <laughs> what you said about the lyrics. Yeah. I don't know. I think the lyrics are, if you know, maybe you don't know the words. Now, I'm going to play you that clip we just listened to. I do. Go ahead. I want you to see if you could tell me what he says in the latter part of the, of the, of the verse here. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you want to come, relax. This part here. When you want to suck it, you relax. Don't do it. What I, is he saying there that's so interesting? I, it's when you want to sock it to it. Is that what I heard? I'm sure that's, that's what I've heard. I morphed it in my head into something innocuous. <laughs> Turns out Holly Johnson of uh, Frankie Ghost Hollywood contends uh -huh. that the socket to it line is a misheard. The actual oh, lyric he says is when and you want to suck, chew it. And, and maybe because it's misheard, right? Or it's mm -hmm. easily misheard because it's kind of a mush of a uh, <laughs> line there. Hmm. Now they wrote the song to be provocative. Holly Johnson says that he, he was walking uh, down the street in, you know, in London, uh, I think when he came up with the idea for it and he started laughing knowing that it was going to be controversial. Uh -huh. uh, when the single, and it was, when the single was first released in November of 1983, it was slowly going up the charts until of course it was banned uh, uh -huh. by the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> this is how these guys pushed the envelope. Uh, Z ZTT Records was their record label and the, the co-founder Paul Morley intentionally courted the scandal with promotion of Relax. He initiated a racy ad campaign for the single with a quarter page ad in the British music press, which featured images of Paul Rutherford in a sailor cap and a leather vest and Holly Johnson with a shaved head and rubber gloves. The oh images my. were accompanied by the phrase, all the nice boys love sea men, oh, <laughs> which was a, which wow. was a, a pun on the yeah. music hall song, all the nice girls love a sailor. They the ad declared Frankie <laughs> goes to Hollywood. Oh, here's more of it. The ad declared Frankie goes to Hollywood are coming. Making Duran Duran lick the shit off their shoes. What the? 19 oh. inches that must be taken always. They were no longer. So I, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> now, oh, now, now by the way, Paul, Paul Weatherford and Holly Johnson are both out gay men. They have been. You know, uh -huh. This time they were too. Mm -hmm. So they were, you know, leaning into these images and these songs that they knew would, uh, you know, be titillating and, and ultimately scandalous. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Speaking of the lyrics... So again, that you can't, argue, it's hard to argue that because folks, like John was saying, you know, socket to it, 
folks were taking right. it as this idea. It was just about like, you know, uh, it's kind of a, what a power up song. You know, it's like, yes. go for that right. thing, you know. Right. Define it. Right. What is sock it to it? There's two it's there you need to define. Sock it. What is that? Just apply the appropriate enthusiasm and it being the sporting endeavor you are currently engaged in. Who knows? Right. And it's every pep rally, by the way. So we were definitely going to sock it to it during the pep rallies in the gymnasium. Well, the the sporting endeavor, John, according to lyrics, uh, encouraged uh, the, I guess, the listener to shoot it in the right direction. Yes. Make making it your intention. Got to uh-huh. hit me, hit me, yeah. hit me with those laser beams. Laser beams. <laughs> so we know it might've been about something else. Mm. I think I, I have to add here, of course. Okay. I, didn't, I wasn't always listening to the lyrics, but there's something very notable about this song in what I will call a sort of a buildup climax of the music that I think was more overt to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's what, mm. uh, kind of helped me understand like, oh, I, I think that they're having the mirror, <laughs> the, the music. Yes, the mirror, right. It builds up know. to him literally going, yeah. right. I mean, no, I mean right. it's, it's undeniable. In related <laughs> stories, Frankie goes to Hollywood also removed from Star Wars canon. <laughs> the, now, during the time it was scandalous, they denied that it was about, uh, that it was, a, you know, the, they denied the sexual innuendo. Mm-hmm. Oh, Said it wasn't about sure. that. But in the 1985 oh. liner notes for Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, um, mm-hmm. bassist Marco Tool wrote, quote, everything I say is complete lies. Like when people ask <laughs> you what Relax was about, when it first came out, we used to pretend it was about motivation and really it was about <laughs> shagging. It was about super soaker fights. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it the right direction. Hit me. But you wouldn't ask for someone to hit you though. <laughs> All right. Here's, a, here's this kind of a, this is one that always struck me as curious and, I'll tell you what the song is. And, uh, okay. Okay. So this this song, where is it? Here we go. This is 1984's Dance Hall Days by Wang oh. Chung. Oh. Mm-hmm. In a dance hall days. Do you know enough of the lyrics of this song to suspect why it's, in the very least, considered odd? Uh, and certainly wasn't considered controversial at the time. But in hindsight, when you listen to the lyrics, it's... Uh, the only part I can think of is take your baby by the hand and ooh, yep. do the first thing that you feel or something mm, in there. John's getting to it, yeah. Okay. So, something in there. There's yep. something about, yeah. Yeah. Take your baby by the hand, make her do yeah. a high handstand. Take your baby by the heel, do the next thing that you feel. Oh. Ah. Take your baby by the hair, oh. pull her close, and there, 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 take your baby by the ears and play upon her darkest fears. Oh, my. You know what? Like those are all in my head, but I didn't really think about it. Mm-hmm. I just. Mm-hmm. What do you think she's afraid of? Really, I'm probably being dragged around by her hair. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But did you have another yeah. thing she was think she was scared of? They wanna wonder. <laughs> it's one even I remember singing along to, but yeah, I didn't think anything of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Yeah. I don't know. Here is an easy one: a police song from 1980. Oh yeah. This is another song where I just kind of marvel at the fact that this was a hit on the radio. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, released in September of 1980 as the lead single from the third album, Zenyatta Mandata. It mm. reached number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 and was certified gold. As far as what's mm-hmm. controversial lyrics-wise of this song, I, I think I'd say pretty much all of them. Mm. Like the whole song. Mm. Yeah, especially as you get into it, the, the 
what the, it's raining and the bus stop and yeah. his car is warm and dry and is, the, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the first thing? lyric is what it's a schoolgirl fantasy. This girl, you know, she's in love with her teacher. He's in love with her. Yeah. This girl is half his age. So even if he's just I get all that. eighteen, yeah. I get all she's that. nine. So let's just work it up. But, but, <laughs> but, is it the entire song? Him trying to resist the urge. Oh gosh! To engage with this girl. Well, saying you're you're amazing. You know, I don't want you near me. Don't stand so close to me because I can't control myself. Look, he's a he's a jerk, clearly. But right. he's not saying, come on over here, girl. He's saying, really, you shouldn't come near me. It's not going to go well. I'm too attracted. Uh, no? Yes. I think that is what he's trying to say. Yes. Mm -hmm. He's not um, aggressively pursuing anything. But right. he also isn't. He, he doesn't have utmost restraint, obviously. Well, clearly. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. He said, right. He's yeah. a teacher. She is a student, half his age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they are being put in situations where he believes he cannot resist temptation that is not only illicit, but illegal. And he's going, I don't think I can handle this. He, don't stand so he, close to me. He welcomed her into his car. Yes. I don't think exactly. he should have done that. She goes into his car. Yeah. And then the next verse is about how there's accusations at the school. Right. Yep. And then mm -hmm. the final verse is, it's no use for him to fight it. He starts to shake and cough, just like the old man from that book by Nabokov, which is Nabokov. Lolita, which in which that book is, you know, he consummates the relationship with this young mm -hmm. girl. Mm -hmm. But if you needed any other, uh, you know, reason why this uh, behavior, this song is about behavior that would land, uh, you know, uh, Gordon Sumner in uh, On To Catch a Predator <laughs> today. In 1981, Sting explained, quote, I wanted to write a song about sexuality in the classroom. I'd done teaching practice at secondary schools and been through the business of having 15-year-old girls fancying me and me really fancying them. Oh. How I kept my hands off them, I don't know. Oh, my God. There we go. And once songs, Autobiographical. And Sting continues <laughs> yeah, that once yeah. he found the key yeah. for the song, he said, quote, out it came. Oh. Cat. They want no longer. Now, this is him summarizing the song. <laughs> the teacher, uh -huh. the open page. The virgin, the rape in the car, oh, getting the sack, oh, Nabokov, what? all that. He said that. After he found the key, the lyrics flowed out. And these are the things that he just said, just came right out. And he said hmm. that. Yeah. Now in 2001, wow. though, he denied that the song was autobiographical. And obviously he's saying it's inspired by these experiences. He's not, he wants to make sure he wasn't saying what he sings about didn't actually happen. <laughs> right. Literary references notwithstanding, yeah. I didn't read into that song that it actually was consummated, but rather yeah. the entire thing was about the the resisting the urge. Yeah. Okay. And at okay. the time, but at the time, right, also being a kid when you was on, it was fun to mm -hmm. sing along. You didn't think anything of it. I don't know, being mm -hmm. 50 now and having, you know, having had kids, uh -huh. it has a different perspective <laughs> about it. Well, now she's half my age, she's 26, so rock on. It's oh, okay. <laughs> Dude. I, I, no problem. I got to end this before John gets his selfie. Oh, no. I'm just. <laughs> is there a new law I don't know about? All right. How about uh, this one? Uh, 1980s song, a 1980 song by The Vapors. Yeah. 
this song by the English band, uh, The Vapors, uh, from their 1980 album, uh, New Clear Days, peaked at number 36 on the Billboard Hot 100. Of course, at the time, we thought very little of it, except mm -hmm. what we thought the song was about, or at least what some people speculated the song was about. I learned in the last couple of years okay. <laughs> what mm. the... Uh, the uh, what that could be a euphemism for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Well, having sex or having an orgasm, right? They were no longer. Yeah. <laughs> Never knew that, yeah. ever. Yeah. I don't know this song very well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought the direction you were going was there was something culturally insensitive uh, about yes. the Japanese people. I don't yes. know the lyrics right. well enough to to defend it like I did Gordon. But John, I, I uh, ended that one. Stop bringing it up. <laughs> I don't like to defend him like I defended statutory rape. <laughs> I, I never defended. <laughs> Holy crap. By the transitive property. That's why I just oh. stop talking about that song. Oh, no. <laughs> but yes, John, today you're right. Today we look back and say this is some form of cultural appropriation, you know, talking right. about, mm -hmm. and they have that, you know, sort of Asian sounding, you know, uh, inter <laughs> intervals at the beginning. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cat yeah. is now appropriating on our show. I, I, I just, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so today that would be considered, yes, it was controversial maybe for that reason. But back then yeah. it was controversial for this other reason because we were raised, everybody was a racist in the 1980s. Right. That folks thought that turning Japanese referred to the expression on your face when you were climaximing. Yeah. Right. Yes. Mm. Now, I to had support no clue this, about that at the time. To support no this clue. notion, there are lyrics in the song. Now, the band says this isn't true. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, uh, in, in a VH1 uh, True Spin special, The Vapors explained that it's a love song about someone who lost their girlfriend and was going slowly crazy. According to songwriter mm -hmm. David Fenton, quote, turning Japanese is all about the cliches and about angst and youth and turning into something you didn't expect, end quote. And I read somewhere oh. else that he was like, you know, that dealing with loss or, de <laughs> you know, sadness, depression, heartache, you go through this experience where you feel like you're not yourself anymore. Okay, so he picked a, a culture very different from... His own. Yeah. <laughs> to, With regard to the particular line, turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese. He said he woke up at 4 a.m. with that line in his head and decided to use it, even though it didn't make any sense. Sounds like a reach. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like someone trying to over-explain something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. You know it's true because it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing a blue shirt. It was 4 a.m. I just had a pizza for dinner. I remember I had indigestion. <laughs> But unlike Holly Johnson and Paul Rutherford from Frankie Goes to Hollywood, maybe they're doing the opposite, right? So maybe it really is about masturbation or whatever. Right. It, because yeah. there's lyrics, and they're trying to <laughs> make it this other thing, because there's lyrics that are weird in this song that always struck me uh -huh. as odd that some people argue lean towards that other direction, including, mm -hmm. uh, so the story is, I have your picture. <laughs> I'm looking at your picture. Yes. Of this mm -hmm. girl I love. Yeah. Yep. Already? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's kind of like mm -hmm. me with the Madonna's uh, album. With, the yeah. Toy yep. album. Yes, right. <laughs> um, and this other one, this line in particular that always struck me as odd. I want a doctor to take your picture so I can look at you from inside as well. Oh, yeah. That's, now, um, some whoa. folks suggest, well, this is kind of maybe a more graphic sexual image, you know, that could be, he's conjuring. That whole female anatomy thing yes, you were talking exactly. about earlier. <laughs> and he'd be confused because he was a teenager. The, the dude just loves spleens. You can't. There you go. That, that made it. That didn't make it any better. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. All right. Here, here is another one that for you. Of, Speaking of uh, xenophobia, uh, this is from 1983, and it's by Genesis. Oh, John, you're not familiar with this song? I don't know. I don't even know the song. Nope. Really? Wow. This was what album was this on? Huh. Uh, their third. It was on their uh, self-titled 1983 album. 
they don't say the name. Oh, self-titled. It was on the self title. They don't say the name. <laughs> Why won't they tell me the name? They just say self titled everywhere yeah, I every web page. Just says self titled. Just it tell was me the titular, name. That titular. That yeah. titular. Yeah, the titular band. That's them. No, this. Okay. So it was no. It was on the album with uh, "That's All," which I love that song. Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. song. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the end of the good list. And this song, which you know by today's standards would be considered controversial at the time they weren't okay. and look the, the lyrics themselves seem to be well-intentioned he's talking about the struggle for a mexican immigrant to cross the border which mm-hmm. is true today folks um mm-hmm. but in the video though it's what really makes it offensive is because you see him dressed up to be made look like a stereotypical you know mexican with a sombrero right he's brown oh, really? himself he's got a big mustache <laughs> he's shaking maracas it's Oh man, yes. <laughs> They've got uh, mariachi horns. He's got a poncho on. I mean, it's really just awful. <laughs> but yeah, today I think yeah. it doesn't fly for this other reason. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's another one. This is uh, from uh, 1987, uh, and it's by Aerosmith. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. You know this song, John? Oh yes, oh, okay. yeah. It, 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 this was on Genesis' second album. Yeah, I know. is that right? This, their self-titled second album. All the albums That's are self-titled. Right, right. Like yeah. Toto. Exactly. Um, oh. We know what kind of band they are. What do you mean? What, but oh, oh, oh yes, pigeon pigeonholed. They Today it would be considered scandalous, I think, because of, as folks wrestle with, you know, understanding gender as being on a spectrum and mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. folks fighting for rights for mm-hmm. trans people and gay people. Still to this day. Seriously, people? Mm-mm. Still having <laughs> to do it. Yep. <laughs> but even then, at the time the song was written, uh, there was a concern that it might be offensive. Oh, even then? Yes. I'm surprised. Wow. The song was written by a songwriter, Desmond Child, who, who was renowned for his work working with uh, Kiss and Bon Jovi. He told Celebrity Access that it was Steven Tyler that came up with the title, Dude Looks Like a Lady, but he turned it into Cruising for the Ladies because he was worried that it might be offensive to the gay community. Oh. Okay. Child replied, quote, I'm gay. It's not offensive. It's great. And I convinced okay. them to go down that path, end quote. Wow. Okay. So as an out gay man, Child uh, thought it would be perfectly fine to uh, tell this true story or, or, or base a song on this true story that Steven Tyler had uh, relayed to him. I'm not being obtuse, I promise. Mm-hmm. What? Don't bring what's up, up Sting again. What's... <laughs> I, never, I have no question then. No, my question is, what what is offensive about this song? Mm-hmm. This is an observation that this male has his appearance has female traits. Mm-hmm. That's what this is saying, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, is it because you're calling attention to it that's unwanted? Or I mean, I, I'm really not trying to be difficult. No, I'm no, no, not no, trying to make a joke. Why is it mm-hmm. offensive? And I, I'd have Ooh. to guess what they were talking about. But I guess thinking okay. about that, he was worried about offending the, Tyler was worried about offending the gay community. Uh-huh. And the child says, you're, don't worry about it. I'm gay. I'm not offended. I mm-hmm. guess that the concern was, is that gay men don't intend to look like women. They look mm-hmm. like men and they want to look like men, right? Oh, <laughs> so to suggest, oh, uh-huh. okay. So, so, so the assertion is that this would have been targeted at or talking about just a gay man. Or folks okay. would have assumed I, maybe uh, that that was. I just pictured this as being like, you know, uh, transvestites, you know, people who dress up as another gender. You made it So maybe worse. that's. 
that's what was in my head. No, what's no, I'm saying if look, if a dude is trying to look like a lady, that's like a compliment. Like, well done. Like you were able to adopt those traits. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not it's not criticism of anyone. I didn't realize this would be aimed at someone just for being homosexual. Yeah. I I always thought this literally meant someone attempting to look like a woman and therefore Yep, you did it kind of thing. So yeah. It turns out it's not even about that. So I think it's really that he was concerned he just based on the lyrics, he would think people would assume he was singing about a a, a man who was effeminate, maybe, and mm-hmm. therefore, okay. I see. Suggesting therefore, he looked like a woman. I'm judging he must yeah. be gay. Therefore, yes. whatever. Okay, yeah. And, the, and and then that must have some negative connotation, which is why I'm calling it out, perhaps. Right. So and screaming it at the top okay. of his lungs and, and stuttering, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do. <laughs> do you have any of the other lyrics available? No, I, I don't. was just looking at them. What, what They're got? interesting. It's kind of like. Um, Oh man, what's that movie? The Crying Game. It's yeah, okay, kinda, yeah, kind of like that. Is uh, is what's coming up for me? Where it's um, I feel like you guys are making this really bad, like a real worse. I'm jo- not- John saved himself, Cat. I think now you're. You, you <laughs> what? Why are you saying? I just disagree. Dug out of that hole. I disagree. See, I think uh, Will is make because it's bothering man Will. He's calling himself trans out. woman. The Crying Man features a trans woman. <laughs> okay. Is it okay, or so not a transvestite? Is a it a trans, trans woman? It's a trans woman. woman. Yes. Okay. Is that how it I ended? I missed. I missed the end of that movie. I didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a love story, I, and then he I turned it off. I thought they were just all crying at the end because oh, yeah. of the name. No. Oh, okay. Two people fell in love, and he turned it off. Forgive me if I'm not remembering the movie correctly. I okay. might be misremembering. <laughs> okay. But there's a section in here. Um, oh man. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't want to read it. I almost don't want to read them. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, wow, how did this get on the radio? And how did I not okay. notice all of this? What is, what is um, it? It's in there. Well, here's, here's one. Yeah. Here's one. So never judge a book by its cover yeah. or who you're going to mm-hmm. love by your lover. Sure. Say in love, put me wise to her love in disguise. She had the body of a love Venus. Lord, imagine my surprise. And and before that, backstage, we're having the time of our lives until somebody said, forgive me if I seem out of line. Then she whipped out a gun and tried to blow me away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It just all sounds like one gender in another gender's clothing. And Uh the guy is going, hey. I think that that dude looks like a lady, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't hear anything yeah. about homosexuality in there. No, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Right. suggesting it is. I think he was okay. concerned that folks might think that's what he was okay. uh, singing about. Okay. I okay. think I look, right. I'm just guessing. All right. Uh, but l- let me just tell you the true story. This is the real story that the song is actually based on. It's actually based on a real story that Steven Tyler conveyed to Desmond Child. Mm-hmm. Okay. That Tyler based had on this gone, dude. Tyler, mm-hmm. Tyler, Steven Tyler had gone into a club and saw this gorgeous creature at the end of the bar with teased up platinum hair and black yep. nails mm-hmm. and porcelain skin and jewelry and a curvy waist. Then mm-hmm. this uh, gorgeous person turns around and it's Vince Neil of Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tyler and his bandmates were like, my God, that dude looks like a lady. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. idea for the song was born. That's a fun uh, origin story. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to edit anything this week, guys. Mm-hmm. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> I was just so researching. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> no, no, oh, I'm not. 
We're going we're gonna to all go down together. We're going to all get canceled. Together. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. um, in spite of a child dismissing, dismissing it as inoffensive in 1987, its use in recent media has been questionable okay. by Fox News, for example, when reporting on Chelsea Manning, who is a trans woman. Right. Yes. Of course. Yes. Because of course. All right. And finally, yeah. I've got one last one for you here. It's a Band-Aid oh. from 1984. Hi, ah. There he is. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not turning it off. <laughs> the season is coming up, so... Yeah. Up. yeah. All right. I've heard so, the song. Don't know it well. So okay. fill me in for, for for anyone like me who doesn't know exactly what's yeah, that. Song well, is. this is the charity okay. song written in 1984 by Bob Geldof and Midge Yuri to raise money for the uh, 1983-85 famine in Ethiopia and recorded by the supergroup Band-Aid, mm-hmm. which included a number of folks like the some of the, the uh, people that we heard right there, which included who's who was singing there. Simon was singing. Simon there. Right, right before him. Yeah. I think you heard a little bit of George Michael, and then Sting yep. comes and Sting in. Sting is in there, and, and then Bono uh, takes over. Bono. And, yep. We just mm-hmm. yeah. Go. Oh. <laughs> I feel so, I feel so enlightened. I actually said, "Oh, is that Wham?" No, it's not Wham because I heard the voice. Uh, George Michael like, hey. started it off. Yeah, 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 Very exactly. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It reached at the time it reached number thirteen on the Billboard Hot 100 and was certified gold. Um, the reason why it's considered insensitive is because of some of the lyrics with regard to how they characterize Africa in this mm-hmm. giant continent. <laughs> With many yes. diverse countries and regions. Dude looks like he's hungry. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Oh, no. Dude looks like he's hungry. That's, you see? That's terrible. I keep thinking, hey, I'm right. Out. Yep, yep. Keep thinking I'm out. Just got to get to the sign off. <laughs> oh, uh, among those lyrics, which just, you know, question maybe the geographical knowledge of, uh, or cultural knowledge right. of Bob Geldof, who reduced, you know, Ethiopia mm. to all of Africa. Right. There won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. The greatest gift they'll get this year is life. Where nothing <laughs> ever grows. Uh-uh. In Africa, the continent. Africa. <laughs> it's All no rain, no rain yeah. or rivers right. flow. Um, ever, what? Ever, anywhere throughout the entirety yeah. of the except, continent. Except monsoon season. <laughs> Do they know it's Christmas time at all? So. <sighs> yeah. I've never heard that. I mean, that, that's because I'm, you know, a North American insulated <laughs> citizen that doesn't think about those things yes. that way. Uh-huh. Who couldn't find mm-hmm. Africa on a map? Yes. On a globe. It's, <laughs> oh, no. Not John. I meant you're I just generic American right, yeah, citizen. Yeah. Not John specifically. It's east. Yes. Eventually, everything is east, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Can't go wrong. Yeah, so, I'm thinking yes. back to Toto with Africa. It's like when you feed a gremlin. Yes. That's right, yeah. God bless the rains down in Africa. And then here we are oh, hearing it. It no never rains there, though. In Africa. <laughs> just, uh, so, battle of the bands. So contradictory. What does that pickle band know anyway? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. I think that's all I've got for you here today. All right. Look, there's, Aww, ton- and there's, ton- there's tons of other ones. These are most interesting because like I mentioned they charted, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there's a number of other songs that weren't as popular that you may be familiar mm-hmm. with that, uh, have even can more we, scandalous uh, content, but there can you Can we go. do another episode imagine. on them? Sure. Yeah, we can. Okay. What are you doing tomorrow? That was fun. 
Yeah. Oh, tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Hey, that was the. <laughs> now I can say this show was the controversial, scandalous episode. I think. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's all in the edit. We'll see. All, all. This is one of those ones where while I'm editing, I'm going to forget that John said Jizz Fortuna, and then I'm going to laugh at the same spot that I laughed when he's. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 45 seconds later, is that? It's like yeah. the. I can't wait to make that uh, the uh, art for this episode. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh. Good luck with that. <laughs> That's no cheese. I like that pizza. All right, hey, that was the show. Okay, and all that McClunky is brought to you thanks in part to our early adopters like Karen Flieger and Rick right. Parker. Hey, Rick. and thank you especially to our secret of our success level patreon supporters like nick guillory craig coletta matt marino john henderson brandon greer marcus taylor and tony great Great. (laughs) thank you so much guys we so greatly appreciate your support all right. Hey, yeah. Next time, next week, we'll be talking about some other aspect of 1980s cult pop culture, including mm-hmm. 1980s news. We will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. Until next time. Mm, bye-bye, guys. <laughs>